regular, regular features. A regular, regular, regular features. A regular, regular, regular features. A regular features show. Hello and welcome to the Regular Features Podcast, a podcast that is exactly the same every single week. And like every week, I am Steve Hogarty, joined by my two best friends to bring you the latest in feature technology. Log, what is your feature tonight? Hi there, you're leaning in and talking very gently and I love it. Uh, My feature tonight is um, James Joyce. He's my dad and I love him. I'm also joined by Joe Scrabbles. Joe, what are you doing? Hello. Uh, I've kind of come up with a horror story, but really it's a transparent attempt to allow me to use a new voice-changing bit of software I've got that will interrupt and disappoint people listening to this podcast repeatedly throughout the change, episode. Change your voice, Joe. No. Do it now. Do no, it. I've Demonstrate it. it. Change God. your voice. No, change. people have to wait. People have to wait for it. Okay. Hi, I'm Joe in a new voice. <laughs> Don't make me break out the baby pitch. I know you hate the baby pitch when oh, I say okay. things like cheeky nuggies. I'm, no. I'll be good. I'll be good. Sorry, Joe. Thank you. I'm, I'm going to edit that out. That's how much I hate that voice. <laughs> Just I'm a huge, hear it. like a five-second bleep. I'm, I'm glad we record this at the end of the podcast because otherwise I'd have fucking walked out before doing my feature. <laughs> Disgusting. I love you both. <laughs> I love let's, you too, Yeah, let's right. bring it back to a positive place before people <laughs> listen to 40 more minutes of this. <laughs> Three people who are irritated by one another. <laughs> if there's only anything I love more than you two, it's the readers. How do you feel about the readers? <laughs> Absolutely indifferent. <laughs> I like a regular feature. You like a regular feature too. Regular regular feature too. Malfunction. Malfunction. I've been listening to a selection of anthology horror podcasts of varying levels of quality. The No Sleep podcast, in which people write little stories. And then um, some voice actors come in and either do them justice or shit all over them. Um, <laughs> do you ever get a really good story that's ruined by actors? I, there have been a couple where I've gone, I bet this would be good if this person gave a shit about reading it. Um, is one of the things about No Sleep is that they're all supposed to be ostensibly real things that have happened. It's not, it, like, not in the podcast. I think they are for the. Right. They are on the on the subreddit. Like if when Bram Stoker was writing Dracula, the first line was like, "Um, guys, this actually happened to me <laughs> exactly. last week." So strap yeah. in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the date yesterday actually. Yeah, you, <laughs> just, you might not have heard of Draculas because I just made them up, but believe me, they're scary. <laughs> they're believe me, they're real. <laughs> and at the end of every chapter, he has to go. Oh, I just heard a noise. Uh, I'll be right back, guys. I'll send you an update soon. <laughs> Chapter two. You won't believe what just happened. You know blood, uh, yeah. Well, get ready. Yeah, so no sleep isn't that. I mean, it's usually told... That, so my feature... Let's, let's cut to the chase. My feature is me attempting to audition to be a no sleep author or voice actor or both. I don't think they've got a double threat on there. Are we going to get a chance to be no sleep voice actors as well, or is this you? No, it's just me. Um, (laughs) Hog the horror limelight, you piece of shit. It's just me and uh, the 
possibly half-working voice-changing app that I've downloaded to do different <laughs> bits of it. Um, but yeah, basically, yeah, all you really need to know is that no sleep uh, stories tend to be um, told from a first-person perspective, often usually told from the perspective of someone who is in the in like the after effects of the horrible thing that happened to them being like oh my god slightly oh, out of breath I, i'm yeah exactly oh i'm in tr- i've been in trouble and here's all the reasons why um and uh, and usually they give away exactly what they're going to be about very early on so with that in mind I having present- heard your voice changer joe yeah. you're not going to be a haunted baby are you uh, <laughs> please not no for, not for most of it <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> the last third though is very haunted baby it's heavy. very haunted yeah, yeah there's a lot of haunted babies i've got to actually change the pitch on the baby pitch quite a lot <laughs> boy babies and girl babies girl babies are super high pitched <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's for a future feature i'll do haunted baby given now i know now how much you fucking Hate this voice. <laughs> oh, I got but I present to you my horror story. Six feet under, with feet all in capital letters. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to change my voice a little bit, but not as much as that. Does that sound all right? Do I sound scary? No, you sound like you're on Crime Watch. Okay, good, perfect. <laughs> yeah, That's what yeah. I'm going for. <laughs> You never wake up on a Saturday morning expecting your life to become a lie. At least, it wasn't top of my mind that fateful day. Perhaps I should have known. Perhaps I was naive. The signs were there, of course. I'd awoken from a fitful sleep to the sounds of my 8am alarm, and I stirred uneasily. The convoluted narrative of my dreams was unknown to me, but there were fragments of images remaining, all of which seemed to involve... A big foot. I creaked open my eyelids, attempting to wash away my unease in the slate-grey light oozing from a shrouded March sky. That was when I noticed something odd. I get very cold at night, and so I usually have my feet inside the covers. And indeed, my toasty left foot was tucked up like a swaddled child in a fold of my high-tog Dunnell Mill duvet. But my right foot, well, that was stood bolt upright upon the sheets, glistening in the weak rays of the low sun. I think my feet are actually my best feature. I love them, and people often tell me they're gorgeous when they see them, especially when they're wet, like at the gym or the beach, or when I duck into a shoe shop to avoid the rain. Today, my right foot was just showing off. Its elegant curve made it look like a stubborn crescent moon, refusing to set in the light of the day, an affront to Lady Sun. No. It seemed to say. No, I won't, actually. The solitary tuft of hair on my big toe had the air of silhouettes of spacemen taking their first steps on a virgin foot moon. Brave, lonely explorers in a near-endless expanse of slightly damp skin that was also moon rock. They didn't know, of course, that they would never leave the foot moon, but be trapped upon the flapping extremity upon which they'd landed. Although, to be fair, sometimes one of the spacemen would become weak and be pulled painlessly off of the moon by a big sock. (laughs) 
I was ripped from my reverie by the sound of another alarm. Wait a second. I'd angrily cancelled the first alarm at 8am and my second wasn't until 9am. Had I been looking at my foot for an hour? (laughs) Equal parts amused and concerned, I hopped in the shower, washing the dream-born flop sweat of the night from my body. At one point, I looked down to clean my penis and balls and legs, which are all huge and take a long time to clean, and a nagging sensation I'd been feeling suddenly blossomed into full-blown curiosity. No matter how warm the water, my right foot remained chilly, as if it was still standing alone in the moonlight, waiting. A walk. A walk would help. I would walk to the shops and pick up some essentials, and that would be a productive way to spend my morning while warming up my frosty extremity. I quickly pulled on some clothes, including a thick pair of hiking socks from Millet's. If these babies didn't fire up my phalanges, then nothing would. I walked to Asda, ignoring my strange foot. Upon entering the superstore, I headed straight for my favourite section, the butter. I love to look at all the different kinds of butter. I pick a different kind every time to keep things spicy. My eyes drifted around the selection and happened on the butter alternatives. I hate butter alternatives. Don't try and sneak vegetables into my butter, please. But my eye was drawn to something despite my internal protestations. The packaging for I can't believe it's not butter had changed and there was a new slogan on one of the ends of the tub. It read... Spread it, milk it, cook it, fry it, then lick your lips after tasting it. That's funny, I thought to myself, in my own head. That's exactly what my friends at work say about my foot. I've got some pretty <laughs> I've got some pretty wacky work friends, and we make all kinds of jokes about our bodies. But this was our favourite. It started when we went swimming and my friend Henry saw how good my foot looked when it was wet. And so he said, spread it, melt it, cook it, fry it, then lick your lips after tasting it. And it just (laughs) caught on from there. Now everyone said it and pointed at my foot when they did. What a weird coincidence that I can't believe it's not butter would change their slogan to that. It's kind of weird that I can't believe it's not butter would have slogans anyway, given that they are the rare brand that basically has a slogan for a brand name, complete with punctuation and everything. And the more I thought about it, the less funny it became and the creepier it was. No way did that happen by accident. And just as I reached that conclusion, my right foot twinged painfully. What was going on? Wait a second, wasn't Henry's girlfriend, Henrietta, in advertising? Had she gotten the Ickbimb account? Ickbimb being the acronym of I can't believe it's not butter. (laughs) And Henry had somehow told her about my foot joke to help her at work? I decided to call him right then and there. He picked up after a single ring, but didn't say anything. Henry, hey man, listen, did did you tell Henrietta about our joke about my foot? Spread it. Yeah, did you spread it to Henrietta? Look, I'm not angry, it's just that I'm in Asda and... Melt it. What did you say? Cook it, fry it, then lick your lips after tasting it. Yeah, that's the joke, Henry. What's going on with you? (laughs) Spread it, melt it, cook it, fry it, then lick your lips after tasting it. Spread it, melt it, cook it, fry it, then lick your lips after tasting it. Spread it, milk it, cook it, fry it, then lick your lips after tasting it. (laughs) He wouldn't stop saying it and sounded wrong while he did say it. 
I hung up, panicked. Something really strange was going on, and my foot was really hurting now beneath my big sock. I had to get home, go back to sleep. I was clearly unwell. I wheeled my trolley back to the entrance, picking up pace, but my eye was drawn to the products along the way, and I couldn't help but be further disturbed. Every single slogan on the sides of those packages was about my foot. Too good not to share. McVitie's biscuits. Soft, strong, and very, very long. Andrex. Yeah, we go to town on it. Chicago Town Pizza. How could every brand in Asda be using descriptions of my hot foot to sell their product? And how had I never noticed before? I come to Asda all the time. It just didn't make sense. Was this a conspiracy? A prank? My feet are nice, yes, but they're not famous feet. Not Uma Thurman's feet. They're just a guy's feet. Can't a guy's feet have some privacy? My right foot was aching like a fuck's tooth at this point, but I couldn't stop thinking about all this. I started to think back over my life to the adverts of my childhood. Super Soakers, Wetter is Better? Clearly about my foot. <laughs> Boddington's, the cream of Manchester? My grandma was from near Manchester, and my foot was a beautiful, creamy colour. Mm, Danon, mm, my toes more like. It was all about my foot. My foot, oh God, my foot hurts so much. I kicked my shoe off, sending it flying into one of those herb racks that holds the herbs. Nothing looked outwardly wrong. No blood on my suck, no bulges or sticky-outy bubbles. But I had to know what was under there. I peeled the hiking sock off. Every centimetre felt like a mile. Such was the pain. But I couldn't stop. I was gripped by a mania. A mania for foot. What I saw under there horrified me. Or rather, what I didn't see. My sock held the tight shape of sexy foot perfectly, but beneath was merely air. A foot-shaped hole in the world. Where is my foot? I screamed at the Asda roof. Unexpectedly, the store tannoy crackled to life. Why, Why Joe, Joe, you're inside your foot, foot right now. <laughs> and now I am in my foot, which is much, much too big, and is also the whole world. The end. I was smoke weed every day. <laughs> <laughs> Very happy to hear you get roofs and ceilings confused. I always do that, and <laughs> yeah. I'm so glad I'm not alone. <laughs> <laughs> They're basically the same. Boy, Just one's inside, I mean. one's outside. Get a grip, everyone else. Did, did, did you get some sort of soundboard <laughs> there, Joe? There was some sort of mixing happening that I think... What, what do you mean? <laughs> I, I think you employed some sort of live audio hardware there. And that was definitely Snoop Dogg at the end saying smoke weed every day. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. I used the audio hardware, but what are you talking about with Snoop Dogg? I didn't do anything with Snoop Dogg. Are you serious? Because I got a clear wav coming in my ear of Snoop Doggy Dog. What? Oh my God. The truth. Did you hear that at your end? I didn't hear a thing. Are you inside Joe's foot with him, Steve? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what if we try to talk to Snoop Dogg? What maybe he's here. What what would he say? Snoop Dogg, any advice? I'm just I'm just about to go to work. What should I do, Snoop? Snoop, can you hear us? Snoop! Smoke weed every day. <gasps> you heard that, right, guys? Oh my god. I've actually got goose blump pimples. <laughs> Look, blue blues. Blue blues. Stop laughing. This is serious. 
Now it's time for the my regular feature time. Um, two episodes ago, mere fortnight hence, um, we all found out that Joe was related to Sia. Correct. But did you know? Did you know? Did you know? I'm related to James Joyce. What? That's right. I recently logged on to Ancestry.com, the website that everyone's mum goes to and actually sets up a £14 a month subscription before calling you three months later to tell you that their bank account's been hacked. <laughs> and, um, and on that website, I discovered that my paternal uncle's name is Jim. And my maternal uncle's eldest son, he's also called James. And not only that, I discovered that my maternal grandmother, who I spent a lot of time with as a child... Her name was Joyce. Wow. So I'm a quarter Joyce, quarter James on my dad's side. And uh, so if I was a, like a fundraising thermometer shaped like me, mm-hmm. I'd be red up to my belly button <laughs> with James Joyce. You're half Joyce. <laughs> Wait, half James Joyce. You've got his nice legs. I'm James up to my knees, Joyce up to the cock. <laughs> <laughs> that really puts the U in the Ulysses. <laughs> Stop googling his bibliography, just. <laughs> it's the one book I know. He did the other one as well, the Dubliner. He just gave us the name, the definition of the word fungible. This guy knows his shit. Log. I know fungible. I know what a petard is, and I can yep. name upwards of two James Joyce books. <laughs> so the ev- the evidence was mounting up that I am related to James Joyce, and this led me to search for James Joyce on the internet. Mm. And from his Wikipedia page, I immediately began to see the parallel lines in our lives. This is from his Wikipedia page. In 1904, Joyce met Nora Barnacle, a young woman from Galway City, who was working as a chambermaid. On the 16th of June, 1904, they had their first outing together, walking to the Dublin suburb of Ringsend, where Nora masturbated him. Mm. So that's um, that's what happened. That's like first date wanking on the streets, and I personally want nothing more to be Nora Barnacle. I want to be immortalised in the Wikipedia page of a famous poet and author as having wanked him off. Wait, <laughs> you want to be known for being related to James Joyce and no, jacking him off? A modern author. I want to. I want to wank off someone noteworthy today. I want to live to see my name on Wikipedia. You want to jack off your clever uncle, you absolute weirdo. My my uncle is a judge, so please respect my <laughs> so lineage. I will send you to jail if you keep being mean. Yeah, well, I'll send you to him, and he will dispatch you with all prejudice. <laughs> oh, you could just edit the Wikipedia page and do a Control-F for Nora and just put login. Oh, my God, a control G on the whole internet for finding a place. <laughs> And so this this research, already deep, I'd gone as far as the Wikipedia page. Now it was time to go to the Paris Review and deepen my research. An article was there about the letters that James Joyce wrote to Nora Barnacle, the very same wanking lady who went on to become his wife. And uh, first thing, I am furious that this is the first I'm finding out about this article because it happened in 2018 and... 
whenever someone shits themselves, they send me a message on Twitter saying, "Log, I just shit myself." Love it, but why didn't you send me this amazing article? It's right up my alley. <laughs> and <laughs> and the second thing I found out was that if you take up if you take basic horny chat that like. Me say and you have Joe. Like I say, ooh yeah, and you say, ooh yeah, you like a penis and or tits, don't you, log? And if you say if you take basic chat like that and you put it in the hands of a poet and author, it is brilliant. Uh-huh. It is it is indistinguishable from childish comedy. <laughs> <laughs> so this is this is James Joyce. I did as you told me, you dirty little girl, and pulled myself off twice when I read your letter. I am delighted to see that you do like being fucked ass ways. Yes, now I remember that night when I fucked you for so long backwards. Oh, it was the dirtiest fucking I ever gave you, darling. My prick was stuck up in you for hours, fucking in and out under your upturned rump. I felt your fat, sweaty buttocks under my belly and saw your flushed face and mad eyes. At every fuck I gave you, your shameless tongue come bursting out through your lips. And if I give you a bigger, stronger fuck than usual, fat, dirty farts came spluttering out of your backside. So, is this real? This is absolutely real. You haven't added anything, no, not even that, the farts bit. That the was bit. a verbatim Log, I will send you to your Uncle Judge if you're the- lying. No, I honestly, <laughs> there is very little work for me to do in today's feature because Joyce has pre-written my feature. James Joyce was definitely he was wanking when he was when he was writing that. He was getting into it a lot. Well, I don't really understand why he's writing a letter about the sex they already had to oh, the person are, he had sex with. They are apart. Yeah, but but just he's, being he's like, off writing Ulysses in Europe or Zurich you, or something. <laughs> do in Europe or Zurich? <laughs> do you? But like, so he's basically going. Do you remember when we done a blowy? Here's a blow by blower. The blowy, <laughs> like, is that it? Here's a, here's a blowy blow by blow. <laughs> here's a blowy blow blow blow. <laughs> Yeah, and Nora's like, mate, I was there. You're writing this like I wasn't I can, aware of the situation as I'm it was sitting happening. on I'm sitting on my fat, sweaty buttocks right now. I, I was really embarrassed at all that farting. You could have said it was nice at the time, right? <laughs> <laughs> Instead of bellowing with laughter, <laughs> you mucky fat buttock baby. As my as my soon to be progeny log will do one day when I. <laughs> <laughs> so um. But the first thing I heard, when I heard, read that, it reminded me of something. Um, it reminded me of my friend, of my friend and friend of the podcast, Daniel's short story that he wrote when he was 13. A short story that we featured in episode 56 of Regular Features from his magazine, Fruity Chunks. And if you want to read that magazine, I have put it in its entirety up on the Regular Features Encyclopedia. But I'd also like to play it against you now for old time's sake, because it is... A beautiful piece of work, and up there with James Joyce, and from the mouth of a 13-year-old. Fiction. Weekly fiction, I'm now going to read. This week's weekly fiction is called The Fat Buy. I sat on the deck chair while he took off his shirt. Lust ran through me. I leaned to the front of the chair, and my fat legs poured over. His penis flopped, then upwards like a proud fighter standing to attention. Yes. My flabby tits flopped over his head as he thrust in the purple warrior in my fruity parlour. Nice. <laughs> his naked hairy body rubbed against me. I was still fully clothed, only my fly undone. 
Lice jumped from his hairy cock to my hairy chest. <laughs> my lover suffocated later that night when he was sucking on my droopy nipples. <laughs> <laughs> I Listening to that was um, wonderful, obviously, but I like the fact that proud fighter standing to attention makes Gav laugh. Mm. Fruity parlor makes Matt laugh. And but Steve is only touched when it talks about lice jumping from his hairy chest to his hairy cock, <laughs> and then and really likes droopy nipples. Dro- and droopy nipples <laughs> cracked me up as well. That's it. I, the only thing is, I wish I was. I wish you were there, Joe, to have a part to laugh at. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Just the the picture he paints of the lice jumping from different. <laughs> it, it reminds me of like the final scene in a DreamWorks animation. <laughs> <laughs> It really is, and I know this is old ground and we won't cover it for too long, but Fruity Chunks really is one of the most mature pieces of writing I've ever read because yeah. it doesn't deserve to come from a 13-year-old. Like, I would be, I'd be proud of doing that now. Yeah, it's absolutely <laughs> incredible. All of that, all very well and good, but I feel like I'm only getting half the story. This is what James said to Nora, but I was wondering well, how would Nora reply? So um, I have dug up Nora's replies, and I'd like us to read through them all, please. Okay. Um, mm. So James Joyce in this will be played by me, mm-hmm. um, and all of the things that James Joyce says will be actual James Joyce letters to Nora. He's not going off piece at all. But um, the Nora things might be unreliable, but let's just read it. I felt your fat, sweaty buttocks under my belly, and I saw your flushed face and mad eyes. At every fuck I gave you, your shameless tongue came bursting out through your lips, and if I gave you a bigger, stronger fuck than usual, fat, dirty farts came spluttering out of your backside. Who's going? Oh, I, was, I was waiting for Steve, but I could turn on the female voice function on my, it, on my soundboard, it. if you like. Do it. You be Nora. All right. Be Mira- you can be Mirabelle later. <coughs> Uncanny. (laughs) I'm glad I opened this letter in the privacy of the drawing room, lest the hot ink boiled off the page and leapt into my lungs. For should that happen, the proximity to my enwildened heart would give that ink life, and I would exhale a horny ink-blue golem, his proud dick of fat quill that would blot a misty poem onto my slap-reddened thighs. I'm sorry, my dear James, I stopped reading your letter to write this. Please continue. Oh, yes. You had an ass full of farts that night, darling, and I fucked them out of you. Big fat fellows, long windy ones, quick little merry cracks, and a lot of tiny little naughty farties ending in a long gush from your hole. My dear James, I know this isn't how reading and writing letters works, and I really should let you finish before I reply, but, oh, I have just loosened an, a full ounce of cunny butter onto the freshly upholstered daybed. But, but please, carry on. It is wonderful to fuck a farting woman when every fuck drives one out of her. I think I would know Nora's fart anywhere. I think I could pick hers out in a room full of farting women. Pardon my interruption once again, but I just thought we would call the game Blind Man's Guff, and when I think of a pun, if I don't say it, it'll just clog my brain up. Carry on. Are you reading sexy letters from that randy bastard again? Please, Mirabelle, the seams are already coming apart on this letter-writing format. I'm not sure how a conversation between us would fit in. Well, tell him I said hello. 
Hello, James, you dirty sod. Is he on about your guffs again? Read me a bit. Okay, but it'll be in his voice, not mine. Oh, that, that makes sense, yeah. It is a rather girlish noise, not like the wet, windy fart which I imagine fat wives have. It is sudden and dry and dirty, like what a bold girl would let off in fun in a school dormitory at night. I hope Nora will let off no end of her farts in my face so that I may know their smell also. Does he still reckon he could tell your fart apart from a room full of farting girls? Yeah, he read that bit before you came in. Tell him he's talking bollocks. I've been in a room full of farting women and it's fucking chaos. Honestly, Mirabelle, I was really getting into this before you came in. I was about to frig myself daft. And who's going to clean the day bed after you've churned yourself inside out? Come on, Nora. We need to get back to our jobs as chambermaids in Galway. Okay, just let me finish this letter. I think it ends with a song. Fucking hell. All right, well, as long as it fades out after two verses. She loved her fucking in a big rear end And she farted on the mickey of a learned man I did a big strong fucking to her upturned rump And the farties came spluttering out She was a chambermaid, I was well off We went to rings end together and she wanked me off She said, where do rings end and fannies begin? I said, fuck me with your hat and veil on Fuck me buck naked with your stockings on the floor Fuck me arsewise with my face pressed against the door Fuck me squatting in the closet grunting like a young sow A young sow doing her dung I've wanked myself limp thinking of those parts A hand on my mickey and my swollen parts I did a big strong fuck into her upturned rump And the bodies came spluttering out With my filthy little fuckbird whore You're my filthy little fuckbird whore you know, I got your letter and I wanked all night Thinking of your oily buttocks so impolite There's a big fat dirty snaking thing coming out Coming slowly out of your backside Fuck me on the stairs and fuck me in the hall Fiddle with my nicky and my bursting balls Piss your drawers with pleasure at your dirty thoughts And let off soft, warm, little quiet farts Everything in that song except for the exposition and Nora's words Nora's joke about Ring's End and Fanny's Begin um, everything was a, his taken from his second letter, dated on the sixth uh, of December. <laughs> I was going to say how weird it was that you'd done a rip off of Galway Girl, but not included Galway Girl in the lyrics when she is from Galway. Well, that's why I did it. But good. he called it. He called her his fuckbird whore in the letters. Oh, so I thought, whore. Yeah. Jesus, oh, that's spectacular, horrible, but. <laughs> I mean, Horny makes horrible men of us all, John. <laughs> it is good to know that James Joyce would like regular features. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's a real confidence booster for me. Yeah, so that's it. That's how I found out I was related to James Joyce. And it's how I also found out that I'm absolutely incapable of setting myself a creative framework and then proceeding to work inside that framework. <laughs> uh, but then, then again, James Joyce was into stream of consciousness, so I think he'd approve. Thanks, James. Thanks for being my dad. He's getting closer to you in the family tree the more you mention him. This, this is like another horror story. He's just creeping closer and closer to being you. Well, he's got a quarter and two quarters. Basically, if he's half me, then he is my mum or dad. He's disgusting. That's great. I love how filthy he is. I think he loves farts so much as well. Like That's really niche. Yeah, I'm really I into like- that. 
not I into like, farts, but into someone really exploring something that they are passionate yeah. about. I think I and could I, and, pick her farts out of a room full of farting women. <laughs> a room full of farting women could have been one of his books. <laughs> <laughs> a portrait of the woman in a room full of farting, farting women. women. <laughs> All lined and, and the, up like the usual suspects. <laughs> The one thing I like, um, the line I like in that, that I don't know quite what he says. He only says, there's a big, fat, dirty, snaking thing coming out, coming slowly out of your backside. And I just don't know whether that's his dick or a turd. And he, mm. I need clarification, but unfortunately mm. he died. He died in 1941, taking this mystery to his grave. <laughs> I'm Gandalf, and I put a spell on you because you're mine. The minds of Moria, that is. <laughs> Regular features. Well, that's it for this week's episode of the Regular Features podcast, that is. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can go to patreon.com forward slash regular features and help us out. Don't worry about that. You will continue to exist after this podcast. It's only (laughs) the end of the podcast. (laughs) For a split second, you thought perhaps everything was ending. (laughs) Just this episode of the podcast. Um, Did I say the URL? Probably. Yeah, go there. Pledge. Help us out. And you know what happens when you do? You get a bee name. Boys, could you please concoct a bee name for the following readers? Michael Gambrell. Gambrell or Gambrell? Once upon a time, (laughs) there was a tiny lamb who was walking across the field. She bumped into a hive and a swarm of bees soon surrounded her head. What is it? How can I help you? <laughs> she said. And the bees said, um, that doesn't, that's not appropriate. You bumped into us. That's not, that's not how this should go. And she said, can I have a bee name? And the bees said, an umbrella full of bees. <laughs> an umbrella full of bees? Yes. An upturned umbrella full of bees. When you lift it above your head, a swarm of dead bees will drop onto your body, <laughs> allowing you to live the rest of your day in peace. (laughs) And please give a very special bee name for a pair of lovers. Love is in the air tonight because Kirsten would like a bee name for her boyfriend, Jack Case. I will say I've turned on a sort of bee type effect on my voice, but I I, I wasn't ready to actually uh, say a name. So I'm just going to do this for a while as a sort of stand-in while okay. Mark thinks of something really clever. So I'm the bees. Fuck off, I'd stop. Th- I was just listening. <laughs> <laughs> Chuckling bee. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. That's a fucking the David Bowie song he didn't want to remember. I put Yeah, I put on like a chorus effect to make it sound like there might be lots of bees speaking in unison. This, oh, this voice-changing thing is really taking you off task a bit. Oh, yeah. I'm going to uninstall it immediately after this podcast because it's, <laughs> it's really, it really makes me not think about the actual podcast. Bee names. Come on. What was the guy's name? Jack Case. Jack Case. The case, hive theft, and the result, guilty. <laughs> the result of a case, guilty. Was guilty. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> Juries, have you reached your result? <laughs> well, I've got a law degree, and I don't think that's how the procedure <laughs> works. Oh, bring up your <laughs> uncle again, mate. Jesus Christ. Yeah, I didn't even go to university. You just get a law degree when your <laughs> uncle's a judge. <laughs> Finally, one last B name. B name, please, for K Hardman. Gay B testes. That's a, that's a pun on A-B testing. <laughs> <laughs> Which wasn't their name. <laughs> <laughs> Which has nothing to do with Kay Hardman's name. It's not like gay. It's got rhymes with gay, Jesus. Don't say that. Kay rhymes <laughs> with gay. What, I'm just stating facts. That's for sure. That's why some people hate me. But <laughs> I just lay it like it is. Kay rhymes with gay, deal with it. <laughs> we'll be back next week with another episode of the Regular Features Podcast. Thank you for listening. Thank you for everything. Good afternoon. Smoke weed every day. <laughs> horrible, <Don't>... horrible boys. <laughs> I shouldn't be allowed soundboards. They're really bad for me. Oh, 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 oh. Regular Ficheros.